Alrighty, guys, we are diving into pre-op talk and post-op talk and post-op talk and with PT and experience talk. I don't know. It kind of it's all wrapped, but we're really talking about those pre-op patients to kind of immediately post-op. Why PT is still important. We're talking a little bit about mine coming up. We'll give you more details on that, but let's just go ahead and let's literally roll into this episode. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. Well, good news and bad news. You ready for the good news? The good news is that typically the third time is a charm. Is that, is that a thing? Really? Typically. Well, I hope it is because the good news is I actually have a date and time for mine procedure and i'm gonna use air quotes here because technically it is still surgery even though like i'm not treating it like it is which is kind of funny um <laughs> yeah laura's going under the scalpel yet again it will be like one and, which gave us the inspiration for today's episode or but we're gonna be talking about the importance of physical therapy before surgery yes so we're gonna kind of talk about you know, all the things that you need to do, even if the patient knows they're going to have surgery or if it looks like they're going down that route, we are diving into it. But yeah, that is the, the good news as I have a date. The bad news is I'm going back in a boot. So let's boot. start with you personally. You ready? Yeah, I'm thinking about the boot. It makes me sad. Don't focus on the boot. It'll be Anything my fifth one or something like that. You have a nice collection going. <laughs> to dazzle it again. Playoffs is coming up. Put the Golden Knights on it. See, look, I got you something to look forward to. Doing that. So what are you doing to prepare for your procedure? You want the truth or what I should be doing? I already know what the answer is. I just want to ask you anyways. Uh, nada. So, Laura, what what should you do before this procedure coming up? Okay, well, in all fairness, I am continuing to do some of my physical therapy exercises because of the fact that when I demonstrate them for patients, I can tell you I do more than 30 heel raises a day, and an eccentric is too painful to continue to do more than, like, two, in all fairness. Um, So what should you do, Laura? (laughs) So I really should be building up as much strength, range of motion, and uh, flexibility as much as possible because outcomes have shown, and you tell this to patients all the time, outcomes have shown that if you do physical therapy prior to surgery and you get it in the best functional position it can be at the time, your outcome is going to be better. So, uh, You said that like in a very serious kind of tone. I mean, I'll take it, but it was just like... Well, it's because... You went from, kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky <laughs> to, all right, let's just... That I'm going to give it to you straight. That is my PT mode. That is my PTA mode. That is, I'm in the field, I'm working, and I'm having to discuss this with the patient. We are serious. So this is something that does happen every once in a while, where a patient is set up for a procedure down the road. Mm -hmm. And you have two different avenues as far as patient attitude towards us at this time. Either avenue A, they understand why they're there, and they're going to do what they can before their procedure. Or Avenue B, they get mad at us for no reason because they think that this is all pointless because they're about to have surgery. Yep. So we need to properly educate our patients. Nice, warming, <laughs> soothing way that we are relevant and important that they show up to their therapy so that we can 
whoop that butt into shape before the surgery. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, Wait, get you them mean prepared my for surgery. way was not nice and elegant and sweet? Well, no. I was thinking about your first answer where you said you're doing absolutely nothing. Oh. Which is not what you should be doing. But yeah, it, I know it, it's ideal. what you are doing because I know you. Um, excuse me. I get occasionally soft tissue done on it. Occasionally? Soft tissue. When I can convince my husband to do it. <laughs> soft tissue, though. No, like I said. Is soft tissue going to provide the best benefits, Laura? I'm doing stairs. I'm doing squats. I'm doing, I just wrap them into when I show them to my patients. I also get credit for them. (laughs) But are you doing this regularly? Yes, three times a week. (laughs) You can't even say that with a straight face. That's how. (laughs) I work three times. You know you're turning so red right now because you know you're, you know you're lying. No, I'm not lying. I'm just fine. You're just not fully telling making, the truth. No, I'm making you're exaggerating it. Work. <laughs> yeah. I know. All right, Laura. So go ahead. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring a patient into your facility. Yes. Patient is going to have back surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do as far as education and exercises, kind of mentally preparing this patient for what's about to come? Well, a lot of it is just. Purely what you said, educating. I don't want to educate too much on the actual surgery itself. Uh, maybe a little bit here because it can vary because of each doctor. Um, surgeries can vary. They might have a different technique or they might go in and they might do something different. So you definitely want to educate them of like kind of what might be going on with their surgery. But at the same time, you want to be a little bit more vague because of the fact that you don't want to promise something that the doctor is not going to deliver on. And so I'm very clear on like, this is normally what we see with these procedures. However, your doctor might, you know, when he get in there, he might do something different. Like you don't know. Like I can't predict what your surgeon's going to do. And so you do want to make that very clear. You do want to educate them on staying on top of things like pain management, post-op, um, listening to your, their protocols. If they have protocols, you can even start to prep them on that. If you already know some of the protocols, um, you want to educate them on why it's important that they start doing therapy ahead of time again and work on things like postural training so that way when they're off out of a surgery they can really have a stronger core um i'm thinking again i'm thinking back because that's what you mentioned uh so you're going to do a lot of postural training you're going to do a lot of core stability you're going to do a lot of core strengthening you're going to do a lot of flexibility range of motion of the joints so that way they're going in the best that they possibly can at that point in time um because studies have shown if you go in better, you're going to usually come out with better success, too. Um, so those are, like, the big things. That yeah, I, would... I agree. I feel like a lot of that too can apply just to any other body part, too. Like mm-hmm. I think I had a patient that was going to go under a total knee replacement, and a lot of the activities we were doing were painful for the patient, and that's why she was getting a total knee replacement. Like, she was already in pain. She didn't really tolerate much, but... We still tried to get her as strong and as mobile as possible so that when she went through the surgery, her outcomes were better. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, like the research is there, the studies have been done that sometimes even if you don't hit certain requirements, like the surgery won't happen until you hit those requirements. Yeah. We have a patient right now who's told he has to lose weight before they do a back surgery. Yeah. So that is also something that you have to prepare for. Um, I think at that point, they're looking at like a multidisciplinary approach, mm-hmm. us and other teams to kind of get them ready and prep them for their surgery. Um, as far as when they kind of go through the surgery, is your treatment going to change? 
come back out. Well, yeah. Usually treatment fully does change. Like the goals in the long run are going to kind of stay the same, but they're going to become like shorter. Like instead of, you know, pain management, patient's pain will only reach a level of two out of 10 or something like that prior to the surgery. You know, you're going to go after post-op is going to be to eventually get that patient down to zero out of 10. Um, you know, for example, a knee patient's going to be, um, you know, the first probably four weeks, that goal is going to be 90 degrees of flexion or hopefully less than that. Honestly, you should be getting that within two weeks with a total knee, if not a week. Um, <laughs> 90 degrees knee flexion. Oh, yeah. Only you can do it. Mm, I mean, can you? Yeah. I can mm. already think of a certain patients that just, it was not happening. No, you're, and that's they, why they I also gave refused. two weeks. I gave them two weeks too. I said two to one. The two first, then one. <laughs> you should get it in one week, but you should I'll give you two. But I'll give you two. Um, again, that also depends too. Some of those patients you might see prior, and then they might have the surgery, and they might go to home health, and then you get them like a month or something after their post op too. I've seen that with total knees quite often. Um, so it it is all going to vary. But the nice part is, I will tell you this. After they have surgery and they come back, they kind of already have an expectation of what the physical therapy is going to be like. Um, now, of course, things are slightly different with their exercises that they're able to perform and they might have protocols and you have to walk them through that. Um, but in the long run, they already kind of know the routine that you have. They already know what to expect coming in the very first day. So sometimes it's nice because they're already in pain and things are aggravated, but they already know the type of setting they're going into. So having physical therapy even before surgery, if possible, is always kind of nice too, because they have a sense of the atmosphere and, uh, they feel a little bit more calming. So like, for example, shoulder patient i have one who he's younger don't get me wrong so it makes things a little bit easier because his healing time has just been so much faster but um you know he went in and he had hip and shoulder surgery um like a couple weeks apart and when he came back he was he was already used to us he already worked with us several times because he had months of physical therapy prior and before he could get authorized authorization for the surgery and so when he came back, it was a lot easier to get him to just relax because he already knew us. He already had that trust built up. So it kind of did make things a lot easier just to get them moving. So. I was going to ask, like, as far as your scenario goes and what you have going on with, like, your ankle, um, do you have physical therapy planned afterwards? Um, I'm supposed or to. Assuming you're just going to do it at your facility or you're going to go somewhere else? I uh, honestly, I haven't made up my mind there. Um, and that's where I kind of vary. One, my PT will probably be on honeymoon mode um, or wedding mode when I am clear to start doing physical therapy. Um, so from that case, I don't know how often I'll have a PT on site. Um, there's some days that I might be just treating by myself and so there's no way... I can do my own therapy. Um, the other option is, you know, I work three days out of the week and I work the times that we treat and I don't want to take away from that time um, that we're treating patients to do mine. And I don't want to take away from her lunch to treat during lunch when we have it off. So I'm not going to do that either. So I have two options. I can do kind of physical therapy two times a week, um, you know, actually there 
and then I can just do it on my own once or I can go somewhere else and do it too. Um, personally, even being in this field, I always recommend you going in and being treated. Even though we know what to do and we know we can do it, first of all, it is so hard in certain body parts to do range of motion on yourself, passive range of motion on yourself. Um, you're not going to be fully relaxed if you're trying to do it yourself. It's just not going to happen really. Um, so you're not going to get full benefits of any passive range of motion, which that's what I believe I have to start off with. Second, it is hard to see when you are compensating. Um, definitely if you don't have full length mirrors or you're not around, you can't tell. Or like I tell my patients all the time, your body's the best cheater. Um, without you even knowing. <laughs> And so yeah, you're right because like a lot of those conversations do come so like we'll have patients i feel like you see it a lot more with like the shoulders mm-hmm. you'll see it too with like knees ankles like their gait you start seeing compensations but like shoulders i feel like is a very sneaky one because they'll start elevating oh that upper trap instead of actually like, using or, the arm yeah shoulder flexion um, yeah trying to get that shoulder flexion in there so they'll they're like, oh, look, I can lift my arm so much higher. And it's like, um, okay, I'm going to hold your shoulder down or your, your upper trap down. Let's try that again. And they're like, Do what it. just happened? Like, well, it's because you're compensating. Yeah. When you have those lower extremities, like patients can usually see if they're circumducting or hip hiking or hip dropping. And shoulder is a little more tricky. Disguises well, itself pretty well. At the same time, though, like I, I – I would almost disagree with you on that. Other way? Other way. You feel like patients can tell that their shoulders compensating before they're walking? Um, I think, so. like, not particularly so, but I think they can figure out their shoulder sooner than, because it's usually just kind of the upper trap really compensating, and so it's that one, and you explain it to them once, and it's kind of like they're aware of it there. Where, like, with knee or... Um, like for prime example, we have a patient who just came in, she's doing really, really good. She's ACL, but all of a sudden we kind of hit the setback because she has been, she hasn't been doing full, um, she hasn't been getting into terminal knee extension during ambulation. So she's compensating with her back. She had no idea. And she's been hurt. All of a sudden her back pain just spiked insanely crazy. And then as we started really walking her through and kind of changing some up and we were able to get a little bit more hands-on one-on-one, we're like, holy moly, what's been going on here? And it, she just was so well at compensating that, like, really she was getting away with it for a while. Because the hard part is she just got out of her brace, too. So that terminal knee extension, like, you're like... You kind of miss it sometimes when they're in that brace because it just looks like it's that funky walking because they're in a brace. So, um, I, I feel like that's tough. And it's the same thing with the heel to toe. Patients have no idea that they're just landing flat. They have no clue. They just feel something off. Same with the shoulder. They kind of feel off, but like they don't know at all. So I don't know if I would say one's worse than the other in a way. Yeah, I guess it just kind of depends. Yeah. But I guess the, the biggest point was that sometimes we don't realize those compensations ourselves mm-hmm. until yeah. someone else points it out. Yes. So I think that's also why it's important to go to therapy and, Especially, like, even this is before surgery, after surgery, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But it's definitely something that you want to keep an eye on um, after they come back from the surgery, just to make sure you avoid more complications 
down the road. Yeah. And you're going to have patients who come back to who get very irritated that they have to like refill things out. They're like, I've been here and you have to fill paperwork again. And you have to remind them that, yes, you were here prior, but technically you're coming in with a new injury. Um, even though it's the same arm and everything like that, it is new because of the fact that there's been a significant change that underwent surgery. Um, so it it's completely different now of how we're going to in a way treat it usually in most cases. And speaking of frustration, cause this happens several times too, the patient does their, their procedure and sometimes they feel worse. Okay. How do you handle that? Um, I, I tell them that it's called practicing medicine for a reason. <laughs> I know that kind of sounds harsh, but it's, it's a little bit. I, I get, I guess I get so to you. So you tell me they were just practicing on me. That's what I would tell you. I don't say it exactly that way, but like, I guess I, I get to be a prime example of that. So for example, everything with my foot went to textbook surgery wise, everything. My body just reacted completely different than what the books say it should react. So we can't predict every single outcome. The goal is, you know, it to be better. However, though, not every single outcome is perfect. And I explained that with the healing too. And they're like, well, by this week, they said I should be da da da. It's like every person's different. How you heal is different. Um, it might take a little more time. Same thing with the nerves. Um, I use that all the time with the nerves. Patients after post op will be like, I'm still numb here. They said I should have had it back in like a week or two, but maybe it'd be longer. Like, how long does it exactly take? And it's like, we don't know. Because see, and that's every the person's thing. different. That's the thing too, because be, because they see us more often than they do the surgery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the surgeon, I want to pronounce that either. Um, they come to us with those concerns, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. like they're like, "Oh, this is numb. I was told this would go away. Why is it still there?" We're usually always there, so they typically ask us, "Hey, like this was supposed to go away. This is supposed to feel better. Why does this still hurt?" Why still can't I do this? Mm -hmm. And it you try to answer them the best you can, but it's also a very finicky topic. Cause like you said, like procedure could have been done exactly the way it's supposed to well, be done, but everybody's a little different. Yeah. And maybe they're like kind of mentioned at the beginning or Laura did like those expectations of what's about to happen. You try to say what you can, but a lot of those should be saved for the surgeon or the doctor, because they're the ones that are performing the procedure. They know what's going to happen. They know what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Versus us, we just know the name of the procedure. What's and normally done. What, yeah, what we expect to be done. But sometimes, like, they go through the surgery, and while they're in there, they have to pull an audible mm -hmm. and kind of work with what they got. Because they have their imaging, they have their everything that they're supposed to do, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, well, that's running a little, that tendon's a little longer than it's supposed to, or like this is a little out of place. Again, like not everybody has that textbook body. So the surgeons, once they get in there, they have to make those game time decisions on what they want to do. So those questions are definitely very finicky. And if you don't really know how to answer them, you can either refer back to your supervising BT or just tell them like, hey, when's your next follow-up uh, appointment with the doctor? Like write these questions down. That way I you do can ask... You can ask your surgeon when you see them or your doctor, like, hey, these are my concerns. Like, when is this supposed to happen? When is this supposed to start to hurt? Like, are there milestones I'm supposed to hit? Like, 
Those are questions better saved for the surgeon. And I will say, like, the hardest thing, too, is, like, if you, like, for example, we have a patient who um, is going to have Achilles surgery no matter what. Like, it's just happening. And I, I was able to prep him through everything in a way. Like, of, like, hey, you know, stay on top of your payments according to how, how your doctor prescribes them. Um, really make sure you're elevating, resting right afterwards. But also look into these things. Buy a wedge off of Amazon if you can. Will help so much wonders of getting that foot up and elevated. Buy a shower chair. Less risk of falling down. Like there's little things like that. You can also help them to adapt for their surgery. If you know that there's going to be no matter what with their protocols. Things that they're going to not be able to do. Like for example when I had my Achilles done. I was six weeks of non-weight bearing. I could even touch touch because I tried to guys. Well, I tried to, I asked and I was told no. Um, so I didn't, but like six weeks of not trying to shower on one leg or just in general shower, like advise them in shower chairs where they can get it to ask, maybe see if their insurance cover it prior. Um, cause I will tell you sometimes not every single surgeon goes over those kind of things. They just say, Hey, you're going to feel great. You're going to be able to do this at six weeks, but that doesn't mean like it all starts at once. Total knees. We see this all the time where, you know, p literally doctors will be like, Oh yeah, well you can run right after I give it to you. But that's not a real expectation of when they actually come out of surgery, they're going to need to work through some pain. Not going to feel the greatest. It's slowly going to come over time. They're going to be able to progress and do more, slowly but surely um so also prepping them of like there's a process afterwards um and getting them in a better mindset set and i will tell you this i've been through so many and i've talked to patients about this too they're just like i wish my doctor explained more of what i was going to feel afterwards they just said i was going to feel better and they forget to explain the healing time because we see it so often um you know we, we can be even guilty of this too we see it so often that we forget to walk patients through it and surgeons and mds a lot of the times i will say unfortunately are just as guilty um so like sometimes they might go over it with them as well but like they're being thrown so much information so mm -hmm. fast they might not and at the it. same time like they're also thinking like great like i'm gonna go under anesthesia i'm gonna be out they're gonna do this they're gonna do that they're, there's just so much on their mind and as soon as like a surgery is brought up, so even if it is brought up by the doc, like that reminder is always nice. Mm -hmm. Just kind of telling them, like you were saying, the the healing process. Like this is gonna take some time. You're gonna go through the suck for a while. Like it is what it is. But we are gonna try to get you back to where you were at, and hopefully better than where you were before. Yeah, and like I I would be lying if I was telling you that like. That's the hard part. So technically what I'm having done is surgical because it is changing technically the structure. It's a small incision. It's a needle going in with ultrasound waves and um, saline solution. Um, so it's minimally invasive. I don't even have to go under. I get to be awake for it. I get a nerve block though. So that should tell you it also is going to hurt kind of. And they also don't want you to move your foot too though. Um, You're going to strap that sucker down, give you some painkillers, and be like, all right, you ready? I don't even know. I I don't. I, is this, this I don't know if I would rather be under. I'm kind of excited to see it. But, like, the thing is, too, is I don't really know what to expect with the surgery afterwards. I was told, yeah, I'm able to go back to work as long as I'm wearing a boot right afterwards. 
And my plan is that my PT is very nervous about it. I would be lying if I wasn't nervous that it was going to hurt. So I did. I planned it on a Wednesday. It's the procedure. Thursday, I have completely off. Friday's a half day. So if it's really bothering me, at least I can just power through four hours of work. Um, and I plan on bringing like my knee scooter and scootering around if I need be on it. Um, so luckily there's, there's ways that I can try to work around the pain and everything like that. But, um, honestly, I don't really know what to expect. I haven't heard of anybody who has this procedure. I have not had any patients who've had this procedure. I personally have not had this procedure. So I have no clue what to, how much pain really to expect or my real true limitations afterwards. And if you're curious on the procedure that Laura's talking about, um, so we did an episode a couple of weeks back on what she's getting done because both of us haven't really heard of it. Our PTs haven't really heard of it. So we did some digging. We looked some things up. So I will leave a link to that episode. The 10X so procedure. That, so you guys can hear our thoughts and what yeah. we found as we were researching. So it will definitely be interesting to see what happens. Um, I will f- trust me. I will fill you guys in because this is the last episode prior to me having it done. So again, I'm having it this Wednesday if everything goes as planned. Um, so we might be recording yeah, as of this episode. It'll be tomorrow. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just gosh. think about that, Lars. When this episode goes live, your procedure is the next day. I'm not ready for it. I'm, I do blood It'll work this morning. Be- fine but um so yeah so there's i i do still have a lot of questions and i wish i had more and i will i won't lie the communication has not been the greatest um on that end of things i still have faith in the actual procedure and the doctor um it's just not their strong suit i will say that uh well i guess we'll get updates as we uh maybe that friday episode will be what you went through I will tell you this, this Friday episode might be very interesting, depending on how much painkillers I'm on. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be fun. But with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate everyone who does. Please share, like. Um, it helps us out tremendously. You wouldn't even know. Um, if you guys have any thoughts or conversations you've had with patients that are going to go under their surgery, please let us know. Share it with the discord you can share it through instagram twitter just any way you can get a hold of us you can email us um but until then we shall catch you friday all right let's uh hope uh everything goes smooth <laughs> i'm not here friday and wish guys. laura the best of luck you'll know why <laughs> all right we'll talk to you guys later The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.